Welcome to Thinking Reimagined, produced by Live Abundantly. I am Dr. Amma, the founder of Live Abundantly. Live Abundantly is dedicated to investing in the community and promoting social change through education, social awareness, and advocacy. We believe justice, equality, diversity, and inclusion are fundamental to global citizenry. Live Abundantly is a non-profit organization. We invite you to visit our website, livesabundantly.com, to learn more about our programs for women, youth, and children. Live Abundantly endorses a change in mindset for the betterment of the global society. I'll be talking about the gender-based violence and joining me to discuss this is Dr. Amma, the founder and executive director, Live Abundantly. Uh, thank you so much for talking to us, for joining us at this point. Thank you for having me. 16 Good years of act activism, first of all, for those who do not understand, explain this to us. What is it about? Well, the 16 days of activism began in 1991 and it really was a forum to bring forth the pandemic of violence against women, um, which is now being referred to as the shadow pandemic yeah. because of the corona um, pandemic but we all know that violence against women has been going on um, since the start of time mm -hmm. um, it is it is not new it's actually getting worse so the latest figure we have is that 243 million women have ex and girls please we must always emphasize girls as well have experienced um, violence over the last year particularly during the coronavirus mm -hmm. um, pandemic but this figure only represents four percent of what has actually been reported so you can only imagine what the scale is of the violence and very often when people speak of violence they're referring to rape and domestic violence but we have to look at the spectrum of gender violence and that spectrum includes child marriages genital mutilation trafficking there's so many things that fall under that umbrella of violence so we have to use a wider lens yeah. to um, review this pandemic okay so so far the 16 day of activism how we've been celebrating days of violence against women gender-based violence talking about it how far have we gone in since we've been talking about gender-based violence have we done well as a country well let me first by saying that we're not celebrating violence against women what we're doing is creating a greater yeah. awareness of violence against women there are a lot of campaigns my biggest concern is we have these campaigns and they last for 16 days in this time sometimes it's just a one-day awareness mm -hmm. but the reality is it's going on every, every day. single day every single minute one in three girls is violated one in three it's astounding. 30% of women between ages 19, excuse me, 15 and 45 have experienced some form of violence. It is really troubling. So what would have um, brought about this kinds of mindset? Because um, we have, uh, we, we largely live in a patriarchal society. 
well, you hit the nail on the head. We live in a patriarchal society. We have laws that are not obeyed. We have a high level of impunity. We have religious and cultural issues that prevent women from speaking up, plus their lack of trust in the system that it would really take to, ha to mm. mind the situation. And then you've got biases, inequalities, and discrimination against women and girls. So all of these things really hamper on the progress in terms of addressing this but you did say something mindset we need to change the mindset we need to start to fully look for solutions how do we change the mindset that has been there for a very long time start with education Education is the key to all changes. If we can start, as you saw in the video, talking about violence in the household, mm. um, making the girls aware of their rights. Violence is a human rights violation. So if you start to teach children in primary school, if you go into the communities and you teach people what their rights are, if you adopt the laws, we have a VAP law that was mm. adopted in 2015. Only 15 states have enacted the VAP law. That is the violence against persons prohibition. Why isn't it throughout the entire country? Child rights, mm. another protection for children. That's been since 2005, or is it 2003 first, and then 2005 it was um, updated. Only 24 states, or 25 now. It is very troubling mm. that priority is not being given to laws that benefit and protect 50% of the population. But again, it goes back to what you raised. It's a patriarchal society. Discrimination is rampant. Biases against women is rampant. We rarely have services to support these women through, or the girls through what they're enduring. Mm. And most importantly, the women are not at the table. Yeah. If the women are not at the table, able to say, we need you to make this a priority, mm -hmm. then it becomes and returns to being a second class issue. So we continue, but something must be done and we start by changing the mindset. So how is this issue affecting communities? It's destroying communities. Mm. Whether you want to understand it or not, it, it really destroys not just the fiber of the community, but economically. A woman who has been violated and who has been rendered a second-class citizen cannot participate fully in the community politics and the community economy, even within her own family and home let alone a child who is growing up under these circumstances. So yes, it is affecting every single one of us. And what is most, most, most um, devastating is that it is not a priority. I do not believe that Nigeria is one of the countries that has pledged once again to include further funding, further laws, reenactment of these laws, but more importantly, changing the mindset. We have to teach our boys to respect the female counterparts, and we have to teach our girls to know their rights. You are listening to Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for a better global society. A huge percentage of um, the violence that occur uh, amongst the gender-based violence that we have recorded uh, happened with close family friends. Yes. Yeah. So how do we change that? Uh, because when, you, when, you, when this is reported to the authorities, before you know it, the same family will come to come back and say it's a family issue where we're drawing the case and all of that. 
not attending to the girl's need. Yes, unfortunately, most of the violence is the perpetrators are family members or those known to the family. family. Yes, um, the reality is um, when it does get reported, unfortunately, sometimes the law enforcement does not take it seriously. Yeah or they blame the individual where you were wearing the wrong clothes, or maybe you sat in the wrong way, or perhaps you had something to drink. You know, it is the victim that gets blamed and that prevents women and girls from speaking up. And then in the case of reporting a family member, you've got those parents and the family that will interject and say, but mm -hmm. that is the breadwinner, but you're destroying the family or you're bringing shame. So the stigmatization, the shame vest that these women have to wear and the girls prevents them from speaking up and it's time for the law enforcement to make this a priority it's time for the judicial system to take hold of this matter uh, are law enforcement agents uh, trained to handle such situations they're supposed to be trained mm -hmm. they're supposed but to what be do trained. we see what, well, we all know what we see. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's reported and they laugh them off. Other yeah. times some, there's yeah. an exchange of money and other times the cases are dropped. But the law needs to step in. The government needs to say, we are going to prosecute. We're going to be accountable, make sure that they are accountable for these violations of women and girls. And it is time for us to report it more mm. frequently. So if you're taking a case to court and you prosecute, then we need to know that the, the, what the, the outcome is. Mm -hmm. And it cannot be dropped. So once we take away that opportunity for families to come and say, no, we're not, we don't want to go any further. In other words, the state says we're taking control and you are going to be prosecuted yeah. regardless of any interference that comes from family members. So in all of this, where does this put us on the global map? Well, um, violence is a global issue and we live in a global society. Mm -hmm. We're not doing well. Nigeria is not doing well um, in terms of recording, in terms of funding, in terms of making it a priority, in terms of speaking about it, in terms of making the laws reinforced and acted on. Um, we're, we're, Nigeria is not doing very well, I'm mm. sorry to say. No. So what measures can be put in place? Well, education, as I said, must be put in place. Two, the laws must be upheld. Mm -hmm. Three, prosecution must occur. Four, we need to go into the communities and work with them and teach them what it is. Public announcement broadcast. And we need to encourage girls and women to speak up. Speak up when you're violated. And when your child tells you they have been violated, your duty as, as a parent is to report it and to make sure that the support that is needed to help that person is provided, mm. whether it's going to court, whether it's psychiatric, whether it's medical, it all has to be. My biggest concern is very often we talk about the physical end of this, but we don't talk about the emotional mm -hmm. damage. Emotional damage is lifelong. Mm -hmm. Physical goes away over time. You do recall it, but it's the emotional that can trigger all kinds of non-biases that can affect one for life. Mm. So our educational institutions as well, um, I'm talking about the whole gamut now, nursery, mm -hmm. primary, secondary, mm -hmm. university. What role do teachers, the educational institutions play in ensuring that the girl child is protected and if it happens, the girl can speak up? 
well. I'm going to say this violence also affects boys, even True. though we're speaking yeah, about Yeah, but we're girls. focused on the girl we're child. We're focused yeah. on the yeah. girls, but I always want to remember that boys also get violated. The most important thing is it starts at a very young age. Mm. Within, fa within the family, you need to talk about the proper way for someone to touch you, and if you're violated, you can speak to your parents. Within the school system, there has to be an education basis right there. Social education, mm. you educate them about the laws, you educate them about inappropriate behaviors, and you then act on it. Here, let me say this, because we talk so much about the level of violence yeah. here, but I know that um, when it comes to human trafficking, which is another form of violence that's affecting girls tremendously, and women, because 71% of those are women and girls mm -hmm. that are trafficked, and three or four of them fall victim to sexual assault. That was supposed to be an educational course that was mm -hmm. available in schools. I'm not aware of it being in place. So this had to be a priority that we go into the schools, that we have a full program that teachers are able to share with students. We do it in the community and we make public service um, announcements. But more importantly, we as a society, the government, the judiciary, the, the security forces, yeah. we cannot cannot ignore this pandemic. It is a pandemic. It is. A, it surely is a pandemic, a huge one. Of course, it's beyond being a shadow pandemic as well. It is indeed beyond yeah. a shadow pandemic. Thank you very much, Dr. Yenema, for talking to us. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This has been a production of Live Abundantly in association with Nelcon Media. Live Abundantly is committed to justice, equality, diversity and inclusion for the creation of a global society which respects the rights and well-being of all citizens. We invite you to visit our website livesabundantly.com to support our initiatives for women, youth and children. Thinking Reimagined, changing the mindset for a better global society. Mm -hmm.